script that we need to address today. So I'm going to give you the first one. Let's go to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. Now, there's some things we need to understand that we're going to talk about today. And today's focus is going to be on worship, how we worship God. And so please understand that as we go through these scriptures today. We're talking about how we worship God. John chapter 4, starting in verse 21. And the scripture reads, Jesus said to her, now this is the woman at the well, woman, believe me, an hour is coming when neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But an hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and, and truth. For such people the Father seeks to be his worship, worshipers. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Now, Jesus is focusing the woman at the well because all of us, right, wrong, whatever, we, we worship God. We, we, we try to worship God. And Jesus is addressing the issue that, you know, the, the woman at the well has this worship that she does to, to God. And she was raised to worship here. And she was raised, you know, we've all been there. I was too. And he says we're going to worship him in spirit and in truth. And that truth is based on nothing but the word of God. Whether you know it or not whether you understand it or not, worship belongs to God. It was created by him, and it was created for him, okay? Now, when we talk about worship and how we worship, that means that if God created the worship and he created it for him, God also set the standard about how we worship him. Now, over the years, we've, we've come to this decision all of a sudden sudden that, well, this is the way I do it, this is the way I do it. And, and God clearly doesn't say that in his word, that the worship of him is open to our own private interpretation. The word is not open to our own private interpretation. And so what we have to understand is when God demands worship, and he does, Keep in mind what Jesus said in John chapter 4. Let's look at it again in verse, go to verse 20, 24. God is spirit, and those who worship him must, not may, there's no option, there's no variation, and it must worship him in spirit and truth. Okay? We need to get that. Now, some of you may be looking at me today and saying, well, Brother David, you don't even have on a suit today. And it's true, I don't. <clears throat> but there's a reason. You have to understand. I fell under conviction. And Tuesday night, during Tuesday night's Bible study, I don't know if some of you watched it on YouTube, I brought out 
some things about Easter and so on, and we're going to discuss that. But I also fell under conviction because when I teach on Tuesday night, I'm not in a suit. When I teach on Wednesday night, I'm not in a suit. If I happen to go home on Sunday, if I happen to, I come back, I'm not in a suit. And so I had selected to wear a suit on Sunday morning because I determined, listen to these words carefully, I determined that wearing a suit was honoring God. I had to repent of that because me wearing a suit didn't make me any more, it, 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 didn't, it didn't affect the sermon. It didn't affect the word of God. It has zero bearing on it whatsoever. But I deemed it to be something that it wasn't. I put holiness in that. So your pastor is standing here at this moment rejecting a form of worship that he had. Okay? Rejecting a form of worship. That's something that I deemed that was, and God never instructed me in that. I just was in the emotion of it, and that's what I felt. And as part of my repentance, that doesn't mean I'll never wear a suit again. There's funerals. There's weddings. It's other things. But the same reverence that I was trying to show on Sunday morning, I wasn't showing it on Sunday night. I wasn't showing it on Tuesday night. I wasn't showing it on Wednesday night. Y'all see me? I'm in jeans and a t-shirt, right? So God gave me an understanding of that. And that's why we're going to talk to you about everything that we, because I had to repent. Now, to you, it may seem silly, it may seem trivial, but the conviction of God fell on me because I was doing something that, and, and I couldn't clearly instruct you until I realized where I had to repent. And there was other areas. That was one area. So, with the understanding that we must worship him in spirit and truth, I need you to take your Bible, and I need you to turn to Acts chapter 15. Acts chapter 15. And I'll wait for you to get there. Acts chapter 15. And I need you to go to verse 19. Now, this is the judgment of the church in Jerusalem concerning the Gentile converts that are coming into the fold here. Okay? Verse 19 says, therefore, it is my judgment. This is James is giving his judgment. It is my judgment that we do not trouble those who are turning to God from among the Gentiles. Now, that would be you and I. He didn't want to burden them with, with anything. But look what he says in verse 20. But that we write to them that they abstain from things contaminated by idols and from fornication and from what is strangled and from blood. Verse 21. For Moses... From ancient generations has in every city those who preach him, since he is read in the synagogues every Sabbath. Verse 22. Then it seemed good to the apostles and the elders with the whole church to choose men from among them to send to Antioch uh, with Paul and Barnabas, Judas called um, Barsabas and Silas, leading men among the brethren. 
And they sent this letter by them. So what the church in Jerusalem did was since these, these elders had gotten together and they determined, hey, we, we, these Gentiles are getting saved. Now it's great. I'm in agreement. Now let's make sure that we send them out with the right thing. Because Paul uses this letter actually in Galatians to deal with the legalism problem that the people of Galatia were dealing with. Okay? And this letter is actually used and Paul's giving instruction that we don't add to anything that we that, that, that Jesus has done. So in verse 23, and it says this, And they sent this letter by them, the apostles and the brethren who are elders, to the brethren in Antioch, in Syria and Cilicia, who are from the Gentiles, greetings. Since we have heard that some of our number, to whom we gave no instruction, have disturbed you with their words unsettling your souls. It, seems to, it seemed good to us, having become of one mind to select men to send to you with our beloved uh, Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, we have sent Judas and Silas, who themselves will also report the same things by word of mouth. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these essentials. Now listen to what James says are essential. That you abstain from things sacrificed to idols, and from blood, and from things strangled, and from fornication. If you keep yourselves free from such things, you will do well. Farewell. So the church sent a letter, and they're saying, look, guys, we're not trying to give you a bunch of do's and don'ts, but these are some things that, that, that carry on, okay? Uh, abstain from idols, abstain from fornication, blood, um, uh, sacrifice, for, and, and from blood, from things strangled, and and do these things, and you'll be well. So he, to the church, to the new church, to the New Testament church, there were some things that were directed. Okay, we're not to we're not to worship idols or anything like that. Okay, we know that. That's still you just just because Jesus came doesn't mean that God is okay with us doing whatever we want to do. I want us. To, we need to really understand that. Okay, just because Jesus came and died for grace, he, he dealt with the sin issue. It does not mean it's okay for us to do whatever we feel is okay. I had the same problem. I want you to take your Bibles. I want you to go to Deuteronomy. 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 Now, this is a scripture we covered on Tuesday night, but I'm going to give it because everybody wasn't here Tuesday night. So I'm going to help. Let me explain some things. I want you to keep in mind, worship belongs to God. He's the owner of worship. Okay? It is not ours. It is not ours. We are given the privilege to use worship to honor God. Okay? And we need to understand that. And if we don't, if, if we don't start getting that, we have nothing. We have nothing, but we have everything. In other words, we have nothing to call our own, but we have everything through our salvation in Jesus Christ. And God permits us to do things. But God, you know, well, the same, the same yesterday, today, and forever. That statement still holds true, y'all. It's not any different just because we're in the 21st century, just because we have some technology 
as we have some knowledge and access to it, it doesn't give us additional rights to do things differently with God. You know, we're raised in a country where we're given rights to vote, right to drive, right to do this, right to do that. And we think all those rights apply to God. And they do not. That's a hard thing to hear. This is a hard message to teach. But it's important for us to learn it. We cannot just come before God any old way. Just because, just because we, it makes us feel good. You know, look, you know, pizza makes me feel good, but it also makes me fat. Okay? I'm just saying, you know. So we have to understand. So in Deuteronomy chapter 12 and verse 1, these are the statutes and judgments, judgments which you shall carefully observe in the land which the Lord, the God of your father, has given you to possess as long as you live on the earth. Now notice this. God is even talking about the possession of the land. God gave. It doesn't mean he gave for you to do whatever you want with it. You're going to operate it the way he wants you to operate it. Now look at this. You shall Look at verse 2. You shall utterly destroy all the places where the nations whom you shall dispossess serve their gods on the high mountains and on the hills and under every green tree. Verse 3, you shall tear down, you shall tear down their altars, smash their sacred pillars, and burn their ashram with fire. And you shall cut down the engraved images of their gods and obliterate they, their name from that place. You shall not act this, uh, like this toward the Lord your God. Some of your translations will say worship the Lord your God in this way. God is not going to accept just any behavior towards him. Please understand that. Okay? Now, verse 5. But you shall seek the Lord at the place which the Lord your God will choose from all your tribes to establish his name there for his dwelling, and you shall, and there you shall come. There you shall bring your burnt offerings, your sacrifices, your tithes, the contribution of your hands, your votif offerings, your free will offerings, and the firstborn of your herd and of your flock. See, let's stop right there for a minute. We even think we have the right to give God our offerings and our tithes the way we want to. Well, I don't carry cash. I do everything electronically. See, God, God doesn't approve of us just taking it and modifying what he's done. The Pharisees did that. Please understand, the Pharisees did that. So just because, once again, we have access to technology, we have access to easier ways to make payments and all this other stuff, but God wants, he, he wants to be treated a specific way, and that way has not changed. Okay? Does that mean that, you know, yeah, we have cars. So, Brother David, we have cars, so should we still be riding horses and buggies to, well, you know, they walk to church. I mean, I'm not saying that. I'm saying when it comes down to Dealing with God specifically in these details, we don't have the right to modify it. Please understand that. We don't. Okay? Now, <clears throat> look at verse 7. There also you and your household shall eat before the Lord your God and rejoice in all your undertakings in which the Lord your God has blessed you. You shall not do at all what we are doing here today. Every man doing 
whatever is right in his own eyes. See, just because it looks right to you, just because it appears right, doesn't mean that it is right. Every one of us in here has an opinion. Every one of us in here has a feeling about something. I'm not here to tell you how you should or shouldn't feel about something, okay? But you cannot do what is right in your eyes. You cannot do what you think feels right. You just can't. And, and, and I'm guilty. I mean, the suit, y'all, I, I thought it was right. It's like, I'm, uh, this is the way I choose. And I've even told people this. This is how I choose to honor God. This is how I choose to honor God. And he hasn't given me that choice. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand what the word is saying? Okay, so let's keep going. And then we're going to read after the semicolon, verse 9. For you have not as yet come to the resting place and the inheritance which the Lord your God is giving you. Now, in between here, and we're going to go to verse 28. He's talking about the offerings and how you should do this. Now, look at verse 28 in verse 12, chapter 12. Be careful to listen to all these words which I command you, so that it may be well with you and your sons after you forever. So how long? For how long again? So it didn't stop at the Old Testament. It didn't stop with Isaiah. It didn't stop with Ezekiel. It didn't stop with anyone, and it will never stop. So it will be well for you forever. God is thinking about your eternal existence. You have to remember that. And your eternal existence is wrapped up in more than just a suit, more than just celebrating an Easter morning or a Christmas morning or a Thanksgiving day or whatever. It's wrapped up in more than just that. So look at this. For you will be doing what is good and right in the sight of the Lord your God. You see, now here's what we have to understand. Now, I know a lot of you are sitting here thinking, well, Brother David is telling us we can't do another thing. You know, yeah, Brother David is telling you what the word of God says. So, you know, and that's just where it is. I'm telling you what the word of God says. You know, you're going to after we get done with today, you're going to make some decisions. You're going to have some some decisions to make whether or not you're going to do an Easter egg hunt next week, uh, whether or not you're going to put up a Christmas tree or whether or not you're going to celebrate whatever the next holiday is, Mother's Day, Father's Day. You're going to have to make that determination. The word of God is going to tell you. And I I am duly bound to tell you this. Now I don't know how many of you have read this. I have no idea. I don't know how many of you studied it. I just know that we all. And I'm, I'm saying this, and I want, I'm speaking right now, and I want you to understand, I'm saying this, we all have been raised with ways and traditions that do not line up with the word of God, myself included. So everyone here is going to be struggling with some things after we get done with the word of God. I'm struggling. I'm convicted. I have to go home and tell my wife and my children and everything, hey, there's not going to be an Easter egg hunt at, at, at Poppy's house this year. We're not going to do that. Because I'm not going to allow us or my home to violate the word of God. I'm just not. Now, you can determine that. You know, once again, it's, I, I can't tell you what to do in your home. I can instruct you and I can give you the word of God. That's all I can do. So, you know, it, it's, 
you know, now as far as this church, well, guess what? I'm accountable for each soul that comes through that door. None of you carries that load. You will be after today. But each soul that comes through that door. So I have to instruct you as to what's correct and what is incorrect. And our worship to God is going to be correct. It's important. I want you to understand something. Look at verse 29. When the Lord your God cuts off before you the nations which you are going in to dispossess, and you dispossess them and dwell in their land, beware that you are not ensnared to follow them after they are destroyed before you, and, and that you do not inquire after their gods, saying, How do these nations serve their gods, that I also may do likewise? God says, beware that you don't get ensnared. Y'all don't understand how easy you can walk into a trap. I didn't understand how easy I could walk into a trap. We don't understand how vulnerable we are and how every little whim, every little app that comes out, every little social media thing that comes out, and it looks good. Let me tell you something. Satan is good at what he does. And he can make it look lovely and flourishing. And, you know, we take Easter. Come on, guys. It's rabbits and eggs. And we're thinking, oh, they're so cute. You know, most of us don't celebrate Halloween because, once again, I said it Tuesday night, because it's fangs and ghouls and blood and skeletons. And nobody wants to be around that. But who doesn't love a, a pretty Easter bunny and a, and a, and a colorful egg? See, you know, what we all, we should be, we should be, and hopefully we will be mature enough to understand that Satan is not standing outside with a pitchfork and a long red pointed tail. He is not. And, and, and we have to understand that. So we don't want to do what others are doing. You know, one thing we brought up, we brought up Matthew chapter 7, verses um, 13, 14, uh, the week about the road to destruction is wide. And there's many who travel it, many who find it. But the road to, to, to God, to salvation, is narrow, and there's few that find it. All across our association next week, there'll be countless sunrise services. I see them advertised. There'll be Easter egg hunts. There'll be all these things that'll be going on. And I know we're going to say, well, I'm doing this because this is how I worship God. Well, you know, God still has determined that he wants to be worshipped a certain way. And just because you've selected it doesn't mean it's approved. Doesn't mean it's, it lines up with God. Once again, I'm wearing my suit because that's how I was worshiping God. And nowhere did he tell me it was approved. We have to understand, just because everyone is doing something, and we raise our children with this simple fact, just because everyone is doing something doesn't mean that it's correct. If the speed limit is 70 going down I-20 and there's 100 cars on I-20 and 99 of them are going 75 or 80 and one is going 70, who's right? The one. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to stand. It's hard to stand. And, and, you know, when you stand against the world and they say, we're all doing this. And the world says, no, you're wrong for doing that. It's, but in, you know in your heart, you know in your spirit what the word of God says and you stand for that. It's hard. You stand alone. I stand alone. Let me tell you something. Just give you an example. You know, everybody's sitting there wondering, well, what am I going to do with my, 
with, with my children now? What am I going to do with my Christmas trees? And I have a wife here that I have to explain that to. I have a daughter here that I explain that to. I've got a daughter at home that doesn't attend church, and they look forward to that get-together. They look forward to that moment. I'm not telling you not to have your family get-togethers. What I'm telling you is we're not going to attach God's name to something that is an idol. We're not going to attach God's name to something that we think emotionally makes us feel better, but is biblically incorrect. You've often heard me say, be careful with your emotions because they'll lead you to do they'll lead you to do the wrong thing. Emotions will. Then not just anger and not just lust, but also the emotion of, hey, it feels good. Doesn't mean it is right. Now look at verse 31. Verse 31 says, you shall not behave thus toward the Lord your God. Once again, some of your versions will say, you shall not worship the Lord your God. For Now look at this next thing. For every abominable act which the Lord hates, they have done for their gods. For they even burn their sons and daughters in the fire to their gods. Now I know you're saying you're not burning children, but he's saying even that's what they're doing. Now look at verse 32. Whatever I command you, you shall be careful to do. You shall not add to nor take away from it. Now, that's a big deal. So we've set up a lot of holidays and times and dates and all this other stuff because we think they're godly and they're holy. We've done that. And he clearly said, you won't, you, you're not to do that. You say, I, whatever I command, you shall be careful to do. He wants to be worshipped a certain way. He wants to be looked at a certain way. And just because it feels good to us and just because we've always done it doesn't mean that it's the right way to do it. Now, once again, you can you can when this is all over, you can say, well, I don't care what you say, Brother David. I'm going to go on and, and I'm we're, we're high. I'm not telling my babies that they can't hide Easter eggs. What am I going to tell you? All I can tell you is the Bible says raise up your child in which is the way they should go. And if we're more afraid to tell our children that they can't hide Easter eggs anymore than obey God, then we have an issue. We have a bigger issue. I got to tell my grandchildren. You're not, no, I'm, let me tell you why. Well, the parents are going to have to tell the grandchildren. And if the parents don't do it and the, and the grandchildren come and ask me, I'm going to have to explain that to them. And I will. Once again, as I stated earlier, I'd rather face your wrath, I'd rather face your wrath than God's. And I, 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 I can't put it any other way, okay? So, with that said, and I know you're thinking, okay, you know, but David is so harmless. Take your Bibles and turn to First Chronicles chapter 13. First Chronicles chapter 13. Remember, when we worship God, we're worshiping him. You know, we, we, and we're, we're, not, we're not alone in this. Um, matter of fact, this has been one of the most contentious things in our church since day one, and that's been whether to sing out of this or sing the new songs, right? And, well, we know some of the old folks like the old songs, and these young kids like the new songs, you know, and... Listen, I'm, I'm just being real. We know we have the discussion. I hear the whispers. I hear the, you know, we have that, okay? The music's too loud. The music's too quiet. You know what? I'm here to tell you right now. 
you know, John needs to know what he's doing. And if he doesn't, he better search it out through the word of God. It's just that simple. He needs to know what he's doing. And he better search it out through the word of God. And who, who cares who used to sing what and who didn't? You know, music is so contentious among people. It really is. You know, we determine whether or not we go in a restaurant based on the music. We determine, um, you know, whether or not we listen to the station, whether the music. We determine, all, you know, depending on the music. Music moves us. We understand that. But that's one of the things. Who's this, you know, we have to understand that we're coming before the Lord the right way. That's the whole key. Now, we know he wants us to sing to him. We know that without a shadow of a doubt. Okay? Now, look at verse uh, 13, chapter 13, verse 1. I'm, I'm, we, we, let's talk about the innocence of, of, let's just take what's coming up, Easter. Then David consulted with the captains of the thousands and the hundreds, ev- uh, and, and the hundreds even with every leader. Verse 2. David said to all the assembly of Israel, if it seems good to you, and if it's from the Lord our God, let us send everywhere to our kinsmen who remain in all the land of Israel, also to the priests and the Levites who are with them in their cities with pasture lands, that they may meet with us. And let us bring back the ark of our God to, to us, for we did, not seek, uh, we did not seek it in the days of Saul. Verse 4, this is key. Then all the assembly said that they would do so, for the thing was right in, in the eyes of all the people. It looked right to all the people. It doesn't say God approved. Get, get that. Get that. Y'all, we got to fear God. Before we go sticking his name on something and start doing stuff, we got to fear him. I mentioned Tuesday in um, Philippians chapter 2. It says, work out your fear, you work out your salvation with fear and trembling. We better make sure that what we do does not offend God. I know I'm offending some of you right now. I understand that, but I, I, I can't, I cannot offend God. Look at verse five. So David assembled all the Israel, uh, all Israel together from Shahor of Egypt, even to the entrance of Hamath to bring the ark of, of God from Kiriath Jerem, David and all Israel went up to Bala, 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 sorry, that is to Kiriath Jerem, which belongs to Judah, to bring up from there the ark of God, the Lord who is enthroned above the chairman, where cherubim, where his name is called. They carried the ark of God on a new cart from the house of Abinadab, and Uzzah and Ahio drove the cart. David and all Israel were celebrating before God with their might, even with songs and with lyres and harps and tambourines and cymbals and with trumpets. And when they came to the threshing floor of Chidon, Uzzah put out his hand to hold the ark because the oxen nearly upset it. The anger of the Lord burned against Uzzah, so he struck him down because he put out his hand to the ark and he died there before God. Now stop. Y'all, they thought they were worshiping God right. They were even dancing and, and, and playing all the instruments. So they had the drums up here, and they had the new keyboard, and they had the trumpets up, and they had the uh, ukuleles and banjos, and they had it all up. 
thinking that they were going before God right. But look what it says in verse 7. They carried the ark of, ark of God on a new cart. And they were celebrating, thinking they were okay. I want you to go somewhere else. I want you to go to Exodus chapter 25. Don't lose First Chronicles. Go to Exodus chapter 25. Exodus chapter 25, and then go to verse 10. And the word reads, They shall construct an ark of acacia wood, two and a half cubits long, and one and a half cubits wide, and one and a half cubits high. You shall overlay it with pure gold, inside and out you shall overlay it. You shall make a gold molding around it. You shall cast four gold rings for it and fasten them on its four feet. And two rings shall be on one side of it and two rings on the other side of it. You shall make poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. You will put the poles into the rings on the sides of the ark to carry the ark with them. The poles shall remain in the rings of the ark. They shall not be removed from it. You shall put into the ark, the testimony, which I shall give you. They put it on a new cart and let the cart carry it. A direct violation of what God said. Because it's supposed to be carried. It's supposed to be bearers on that, those poles. They violated God. And a man in total innocence, they thought, hey, we're getting the ark. Yay, we're getting the ark. We're going back. We're singing. We're dancing. Oh, wait a minute. The ark's about to fall. And Uzzah reaches out and grabs it. And he dies because he approached God the wrong way. God, I just want to, I just want to worship you. You can, but you're going to do it the way I'm telling you to. I know this hurts. And I know this stings because, see, I'm not the, you're not the only one that has memories. You're not the only one that has emotions tied to these days. You're not the only one. So your brand of suffering is not any worse than anyone else's. Your brand of pain is not any worse than anyone else's. We've all been in this trap. We've all been here. But at the end of the day, we've got a God to please. And I'm here to tell you he's not pleased. You see, we're, 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 in our other struggle is we're quick to call out what we believe to be abominations. What God says, we'll call out the murderer. We'll call out the homosexual. We'll call out the liar. We should be calling out the gossipers. We'll call out those who have impure thoughts, those who, have, who fornicate, those who commit adultery. We'll call them out. But we won't call out our own abominations before God. Part of the reason is, is because we didn't recognize the abominations before God. 
Turn to Ezekiel chapter 8. Ezekiel chapter 8. See, we think if we get everything, you know, everybody's doing this. Everybody's, you know, I go down and I look and I see Easter this and Easter that. And we have no idea what we're celebrating. You know what it means to you. But you don't know what it means to God. And that's what you got to know. It's not just what it means to you. It's what it means to God. Verse 8. It came about in the sixth year, on the fifth day of the sixth month, as I was sitting, verse 1, as I was sitting in my house with the elders of Judah, sitting before me, that the hand of the Lord God fell on me there. Then I looked, and behold, a likeness, that, a likeness as the appearance of man, from his, loins, um, from his loins and downward there was the appearance of fire, and from his loins and upward the appearance of brightness, like the appearance of glowing metal. He stretched out the form of a hand and caught me by the lock of my head. Now, I want you to understand, God thinks this is so important that he literally grabs Ezekiel by his hair and points his face where he wants him to see. Now, I don't know if any of y'all ever been grabbed by the head and held out, but you have zero control. Now, he's doing this for a purpose. Because he's pointing out something for a purpose. Because Jerusalem, Israel, sorry, is living a life of abominations and they don't recognize it. Y'all, 21st century Gentile Christians live lives of abominations and we don't recognize it. And today God has got you by the lock of your hair. And the spirit lifted me up between the earth and heaven and brought me in, this, in the visions of God to Jerusalem, to, to the entrance of the north gate of the inner court where the seat of the idol of jealousy, which provoked to jealousy, was located. This is the idols that they were worshiping. That's what the idol of jealousy is. And behold, the glory of the, uh, of, of the God of Israel was there like the appearance which I saw in the plain. Verse 5, then he said to me, son of man, raise your eyes now toward the north. Now, keep in mind, God still got him by the lock of hair. So he's not that he's turned his head. He's just had forced to look up. So I raised my eyes towards the north, and behold, to the north of the altar gate was this idol of jealousy at the entrance. And he said to me, Son of man, do you see what they are doing? The great abominations which the house of Israel are committing here so that I would be far from my sanctuary. Far from my sanctuary. In other words, they're committing acts that they thought, hey, we're going to worship this. We, we do things. We think we're going to bring God in, and we're actually pushing him away. See, we don't think about that, but we have to. But yet you will see still greater abominations. It gets worse, y'all. Then he brought me to the entrance of the court, and when I looked, behold, a hole in the wall. And he said to me, son of man, now dig through the wall. So I dug through the wall, and behold, an entrance. And he said to me, go in and see the wicked abominations they are committing here. Verse 10, so I entered and looked and behold, every form of creeping thing and beast and detestable things with all the idols of the house of Israel were carved on the wall all around. 
Now, we don't have creeping things on our walls, but we have banners. As a matter of fact, if you look at that banner right there, and I want everybody to look at it, in remembrance of me. You see that banner? What's the problem with that banner? Huh? Well, look at the bread. It's leavened bread. It's got yeast in it. That's a nice puffy loaf of bread. It's not unleavened bread. But to us, it looks holy, and we think, hey, we're honoring God by, God by putting this up, right? Right? Is that what we think? Okay. But we're wrong. We are wrong. No more than we were wrong with the so-called Lord's Supper photos with women in it or sitting up at a table or 10 of the 12 men showing the age of Ronnie, okay? And they weren't that old. All the disciples, yeah, all the disciples were young, yet we think we're right, huh? Flag. Yeah. The flag. How does that represent Jesus? How does this represent Christ? But we don't see that as abomination. Now look at this. And I know, we just called out the flags. We're not talking about the country. We're just talking about in God's house here, y'all. Now, look at verse 11. Standing in front of them were 70 elders of the house of Israel with Jehazaniah, the son of Shaphan, standing among them, each man with his censer in his hand and fragrance of, uh, fragrance of the cloud of incense rising. Verse 12. Then he said to me, son of man, do you see what the elders of the house of Israel are committing in the dark? each man in his room of his carved images. For they say the Lord does not see see us. The Lord has forsaken the land. You're not saying that. We understand. Verse 13, and he said to me, yet you will still see greater abominations they are committing. Verse 14, then he brought me to the entrance of the gate of the Lord's house, which was toward the north. And behold, women were sitting there weeping for Tammuz. Anybody have any idea who Tammuz is? The God of spring vegetation. And it's sitting in the church. It's sitting in the sanctuary weeping over because the vegetation starts to die. Around August, September, whatever. And they're weeping over because they can no longer celebrate this. See, nowhere does God limit us to a day to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Nowhere. We're to be celebrating it every day. Every day is the celebration of his resurrection and also a worship of his return. So they're weeping for this God. And he said to me, do you see this son of man? Yet you will see still greater abominations than these. Then he brought me to the inner court of the Lord's house. And behold, at the entrance to the temple of the Lord, between the porch and the altar, were about 25 men with their backs to the temple of the Lord, which is an abomination to God. And their faces towards the east, and they were prostrating themselves eastward toward the sun. He said to man, he said to me, Do you see this son of man? Is it too light a thing for the house of Judah to commit the abominations which they have committed here? See, once again, we're calling out everyone else's abominations, and yet we have them right here in our own house. We we've got this picture on the wall out here, and I know someone probably bought it, paid for it, and donated it to the church. I get that. 
but that picture is incorrect. The plaque on the wall with the names where people are allowed to put their name on something that belongs to God, donated in the memory of. I understand what you're, I understand what you're trying to do. But guys, none of this belongs to anyone. None of this belongs to anyone. I, I know, I just struck, I just, three years, four months, and probably next week y'all may call for my resignation, and that's completely fine. But you will have, you will have, you've heard the word. And I can't be afraid to tell you because it's tradition and because it means a lot. Once again, I understand how much things mean. I get it. But we have a God that we have to stand before. We have a God we have to stand before. Now look at this. And he said they've committed here that they have filled the land with violence and provoked me repeatedly. For behold, they are putting the twig to their nose. Therefore, indeed, I, I, I indeed will deal in wrath. My eye will have no pity, nor will I spare. And though they cry in my ears with a loud voice, yet I will not listen to them. We can get all day long and say what we are doing for God. It doesn't mean he's going to accept it. Last scripture. Exodus chapter, I mean, excuse me, Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4, starting in verse 1. Now the man had relations with his wife, Eve, and she conceived and gave birth to Cain. And she said, I have, I have gotten a man-child with the help of the Lord. Again, she gave birth to his brother, Abel. And Abel was keeper of flocks, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. So it came about in the course of time that Cain brought an offering to the Lord of, of the fruit of the ground. Abel, on his part, also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. But for, Gain, for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain became very angry, and his countenance fell. Verse 6, Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, you, uh, will not your, account, your countenance be lifted up? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. And it desire, its desire is for you, but you must master it. Y'all, he was, both of them brought an offering. Both of them brought an offering, but God only accepted one because the other one wasn't coming in the right way. They kept offering to worship, but they didn't come in the right way. And he says, if you do well, he gave Cain an opportunity to correct his way. He gave Cain, it wasn't that Cain didn't have the opportunity, and he says, if you do well, all it applies to you. So I'm going to say it. Next week is another Sunday for us to worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's what we're going to do. We will not do it with an Easter sunrise service. 
Are we going to have breakfast? Sure. That's fellowship. We can eat. We can fellowship. But we will not do it with an Easter sunrise service. Effective today. And I've already told Cindy, it's in the bulletin. I will no longer cancel a service because of a holiday. So in other words, this this Christmas is on a Wednesday, the 25th. We'll have evening service. Now, whether you come or not is up to you, but I will, we will have evening service. If it's just me standing here, then that's just fine, but I will go before God, and I will be all right. Mother's Day, we will have morning and evening services. Memorial Day, we will have morning and evening services. Fourth of July week, we will have morning and evening services. Wednesday before Thanksgiving, we will have Wednesday service. The following Tuesday is after Christmas is New Year's Eve. We will have Tuesday night Bible study. I will not Labor Day weekend. We will have. You're going to go on vacations anyway. Look, me canceling service because everybody's going to be out of town. Look, I mean, look around. You know, it, it ain't going to help nobody come or go. I mean, you know, you're going to do what you're going to do, right? I mean, I can't say it. I'm not, trying, I'm not trying to beat you up. I'm just saying, you know, I'm thinking, well, everybody's going to be celebrating this. Well, you know what? I can't, I can't cause this church to acknowledge that. I can't cause this body to acknowledge that. If you choose to do it, that's up to you, okay? I'm not in your house. I'm not in your business. We've got six Christmas trees, but guess what? She knows it. They're not going up. Last year, y'all didn't get Christmas lights pictures like you had been getting over the years, right? Because I set them on fire. I did. So I know it's an emotional time, and I get that. You may have questions. And y'all, I'm completely prepared right here and now to answer them. I'm completely prepared to answer them. See, you know, we, we, if we can't spend time being real about what we just, do you have a question about what you just heard? Do you? I mean, I'm just trying to be real with you. I'm not asking you to agree with me because there's nothing to agree with. I just read the word of God. If you have a problem with me, that's fine. That's fine. You can have that problem with me. Okay? I'll love you just the same. I'll hug you just the same. And if you don't want to hug me for a while, then that's fine. If you want to change churches, you know what? Don't walk out of here out of the will of God. You need to be in the will of God if you're going to move. Okay? If it's the will of God for you to move because of this sermon, I get that. Y'all don't, you have to understand something. I spent the week pacing the floor because I know how much this means. What's it going to look like that we can't put our red, white, and blue up? What's it going to look like that we can't have our evergreens up? And you're thinking in your own heart, what do I do next to celebrate holidays? You got to work that out. 
God tells us to celebrate him. And you should get your joy from celebrating him. And you can't take the way you want to do it and apply it to him. He does not accept it that way. A man died. And, and David got angry because the man died. Because he didn't even have the forethought to think about how do we move the ark. He was excited about what emotions will lead you to do the wrong thing. He was excited about getting the ark and took no account of how they were to move that ark. And that the reverence for God still is in play. So it's there. Now, I don't know if you feel in your heart to worship or not. I don't know. But even our offering, these offering plates are here. I suggest that you seriously pray about how you're giving your offering. Because you're not bringing it to a, a brass bowl. You're not bringing it to the pastor. You're bringing it to a living and mighty God who wants it brought to him a certain way. You're not swiping your card at the local grocery store. He's not a list of bills that you have stored in your phone. He's God, and he wants to receive it from you, from your hand. So if you can bring your offering, you need to bring it. If you have... physical ability not to do that then pray over it and on your way out take it to the altar John this up here has got to be we, we sit up here in this choir and we yin-yang and yin-yang and yin-yang about this, this, and this. When we spoke, do you understand that even in the choir you have directions about how you're supposed to worship? Do you even understand how the choir is supposed to be set up? If we want to be biblically correct, it's only supposed to be military men singing in the choir. That's David set up the choirs. Yes, I know. Everybody looking at me. See, study. See, this is the thing, y'all. How many of you have been saved greater than 30 years? How many of you, and think about how long, how many of you knew this information? See, we walked around with our Bibles all of these years, and it's like I never knew that. And I'm not saying you hadn't studied, but God is revealing things now. He's y'all, he's even revealing to me. Listen, a year ago I was doing Holy Week services. So I'm just as good. That's what I'm saying. I'm repenting. A year ago I was doing Holy Week services. Three years ago, yeah, three years ago, I backed down from what I knew wasn't right. And I lived three years in sin, willingly and knowingly, knowing that Easter, the way it is, is incorrect. You'll find Easter, the word Easter, in one verse in the Bible. And it's only in one Bible, and it's in the King James. 
And the King James uses it, uses it in Acts chapter 12 as a synonym for Passover. Every other Bible uses Passover in Acts chapter 12, verse 4. But the King James, because of the King's English, uses Easter as a synonym. Okay? But it's referring to Passover. Study those things. Now we got a lot to learn. Acts chapter 12. Read verses 1 through 4 if you need to study that. But if you look in your New King James, you look in the NASB, NIV, Tree of Life, uh, ESV, it will say Passover. King James will say Easter. And y'all have no problem with anyone saying, going back, and y'all know I want you to study. See, my challenge for, for you all is to read your word. I'd love, I'd, you know, if the traditions were approved of by God, I'd love for you to hold on to them. But they're not. So, it is what it is. It's given. Worship, remember, belongs to God. It is not yours and is not for you to determine how it's done. You need to, you need to understand that, okay? So that means... Choir members, myself included. Can I sing the bass instead of the tenor part because it's too hard? I've said that. If God tells me to sing tenor, then I need to learn how to sing it. But that also means that you, and I know it falls, it, it, not just you, but you have to lead it. And then y'all, y'all have to understand That the three, four, however many people that stand up here and lead us, that's all they're doing. They can't do it for you. God needs you to worship him. You understand? Greg can stand back there all day long and tell you to smile, say, come on, are you guys awake? He can do that all day long. But until you, until you can get there. See what I'm saying? Any questions for me? Please, don't, y'all, I'm, I'm here. Any questions? Anyone uncomfortable? <laughs> I got you. I got you. Study the word. What do you do about your discomfort? What do you, what do you, how can I help you? How can I help you? And don't say have a sunrise service next week because it's biblically wrong. Don't say, Dad, can we have Easter egg at your house because it's wrong. I, will, I, I, have to, I have to tell her no. And I've got a granddaughter back there that I have to tell her no. Yes, ma'am. Okay, let me explain. Okay, I got you. Okay, um, Easter, the whole Easter setup, it is, the, the Easter is, the name of it, is the name of the God that is behind that name is called the God of, 
I know you're not, but I understand. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Let's let's get one at, one at a time here. What I, what you understand? What you have to understand is is that we tie that day to God. Now you see what I'm saying, and that day being tied to God, and that and that God being, and then the that yeah, I know you know who God is. I know you know who God is. But when you take it and you tie Him into it, then you've grouped Him in with other gods. That's what we have to understand. Huh? What's an egg? An egg. An egg is a symbol of fertility. Eggs and rabbits. For instance, the rabbit. The rabbit. Oh, this god is the god of the dawn. This rabbit is is her sacred animal. That's basically what it is. Okay. That's what this rabbit represents. Her sacred animal. And so, and then you got to keep in mind. If you ever notice, and I was teaching this Tuesday, you notice how Easter moves every year. It's never on the same day. You ever notice that? Well, you know how that date's selected. That date is selected simply the first Sunday after the first full moon after the vernal equinox, which is tied to that Easter goddess, okay? So even the day is selected according to pagan rituals. You have to understand the Easter rabbit and the Easter egg, all of those are pagan rituals. So even though, and now keep in mind, You still, <laughs> you can't call them Easter eggs then because Easter is celebrated on the first Sunday. If you want to do that, that's fine. We can't, we can't honor, we can't do that. Once again, but you have to keep in mind now, keep in mind. It don't, I'm not telling you that you can't have your family get-togethers. Listen, I, you know, I, like I told my children, the other, um, I hadn't told them yet. But like I told my wife the other day, we're go, you know, I fry turkeys every Thanksgiving. I fry turkeys, okay? Well, guess what? I, you know, I'm still going to fry turkeys this year. It's just not going to be relegated to that day for that purpose. You see? Christi the trees are another symbol of Baal. They're another pagan symbol. Yes, sir. Yes. I, well, I understand that, but you have to understand you're tying that to, you're tying God to that pagan symbol. That's between you and God. There you go. That's, that's fine. Anybody else? You, that's between you and God. What I'm saying here right now as a church, I cannot allow you, I cannot allow it to be done in this house. Okay? I cannot. Yes, ma'am. Well, we're not doing an Easter worship service. We're just doing a Sunday service. We celebrate it every week. We're going to be celebrating. Because he's. Yes, that's correct. But once again, you have to remember the Easter, the whole Easter thing came up. Uh, it was brought through through a pagan holiday. It wasn't brought through by God. 
keep in mind what the word says. He commanded, he says, worship the way I command you, not the way you want to. See, I understand. We got a lot of things we're trying to get rid of here. We're trying to understand it and say, you know, gosh, how do, what, what do I do next? I get that. But if it's not how God commanded us to do it, then why would, why would we do it? Why would you do it? Very good, because we weren't raised that way. We were raised to celebrate Easter and Christmas and Fourth of July and all that other stuff. The Passover? We can do Passover services. Yes, we can. They did Passovers regularly. That is completely okay. Even our residential Jewish knowledge people over here know that. We can do Passover. I'm not saying you can't do Passover. That was the Roman calendar. Yeah, exactly. That has to deal with the Roman calendar, and that's a whole other thing, but you know. If it would. Without giving you a college course, which, of course, I don't know, even, yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, we all have to use them, but the days of the week aren't even <laughs> right. You know, even if you notice, if you notice in, in the Bible when they talk about months and all that stuff, they, don't never, they never mention January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. They never mention that because they're, they're not meant to be used. Yeah, so, but, yes, Miss Pinky. No, it's not that. It's yeah. If you want to just give it because God is giving, call, leading you to give it, then just give it. You know, that's fine. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, because even though Miss Jean Roper, and I'm going to say this, okay, I preached her funeral. She is a godly woman, but we can't direct anything towards man and lifting them up, okay? It's always got to go towards God. Um, we all have important people in our lives that we want to honor, and we understand that, respect their memory, but we can never lift them up. And when, does, if this sanctuary, if this building belongs to God, if it truly belongs to God, then everything about it needs to be directed to God because God doesn't share his glory with anyone. So in your heart, Miss Pinky, you're giving something, you know, you know, because Miss Jean may have wanted to do it. I understand that. My instruction, my instruction, according to the word of God, is you give to honor, you're giving it to honor God, okay? And not giving it to honor man. That, that does that make sense? Did I explain that right or do I need to kind of give a better explanation?
Well, you, but yeah. The, the motivation has got to be for God. It can't be for a person. For instance, if I were to lose, lose my wife today, okay, um, I, I, I don't need me, okay? She, you know, if I would say, well, what would Bonnie want? She'd want me to honor God, and that's what it would have to do. It would have to honor God. And so it, it can't be directed at, it can't be directed at one specific person. Um, I want to explain something Miss Margaret had brought up. She said most of the scripture I brought up was in the Old Testament. True, I understand that. Um, but you have to understand, too, there's no, the Old Testament still applies. Well, so is all the prophecy in the Old Testament about Jesus' return. We can't negate that. So are, you know, all, even the Ten Commandments. We can't negate that. Jesus didn't violate any of those. So we have to make sure we understand when we want to start dividing up the Old Testament and the New Testament, we can't because that God is still the same God, and he still needs to be worshipped the same. Okay? Yes, ma'am. No, I got you. We're good. I'm answering questions. I agree. I agree. Pulpit is is in the Bible, but yes, you're right about the. Yeah, you're right about all this other stuff. Even you know all of that stuff. You're you're right about it. But once again, you know we have to get to a point when we get ready for things. We're somewhat ready for this right now, even though it's emotionally painful. I understand that. I understand, but it's so. There's a lot of things that are that are really incorrect. So we can continue on. Ooh. If we want to be correct in honoring God, for instance, we will bring something in like a plant because it's pretty. And, and I, we, we bring, I understand, but we, we have to understand what it's, and, but we have to understand what it's tied to. Okay. But we have to, yes, ma'am. Hold on, hold on one second. Mr. Joyce has a question. So if you want to do one, then that's fine. Okay. Look. Okay, that's fine. I mean, you know, okay, here, here's what's happening. And I'll, I'll explain. Here's what's happening. You, you want to you keep your traditions? I can't stop you. Yeah, and I, and I can't stop you. I can't stop you, okay? So here's where we are. I've preached the word of God, okay? I've preached the word of God. Now, with your holidays... Do whatever you want. I will not be celebrating, okay? I cannot, and I will not, because I've read the good word of God. Sure, verify with another minister. I, I have no problem with that. Go ahead, check. Check other people. That's fine. I'm not saying I have a monopoly on the word, and I'm not offended by it either. Please go ask. Do, what, do whatever. That's fine, okay? At the end of the day, at the end of the day, and you, you guys determine this, all right? Is the tradition that important? 
I'm not saying it's going to go to hell. I'm not, no one said you were going to hell. No one said you were going to hell. So please understand that. No one ever questioned anyone's salvation in here. Please understand that. Okay? I'm not questioning your salvation. I'm just saying just like anything else, when we learn it and we know to do better, then we should start doing better. Right? If you learn that an oven is hot, you stop sticking your hand in it. You, you know, the pan's going to be hot. The oven's 400 degrees, and I grab the pan the first time. When you learn, you put an oven mitt on. So those are the things you learn. So, you know... Good point. Very good point. You're correct. Okay, but right. That's the question you have to answer. I can't give you that answer. All I can do is give you the word of God. It's no different than if this room was filled with lost people. OK, this room was filled with lost people. I couldn't make not one of them ex come to know Christ as their personal Savior. All I could do is put the gospel out there. Okay? But we should strive to be better because it's sanctification. Y'all, let's have one, she, one person speaking, so I'm, let's reduce the side conversation. Well, I know that's up to the individual conviction of the... Yeah, yeah I mean, salvation covers that. We understand that. So, we'll, we'll, you know, you know here's, here's... I get that. I get, I get that. I get that. So that's why I, I bring the Word of God and I teach. Um, when I teach, you know... The goal is to for you to get it, hopefully understand it, pray about it, you know, think about it outside of the normal realm. And I know it's hard. I, I just can't. I don't have any other answers for you other than that. I mean, the word is out there. So it's no different than if I preach about anything else that might be an abomination. You know, it's up to you if you're doing it, whether or not you get that conviction. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. You're welcome. Don't applaud me. Please don't applaud me. Thank you, but don't applaud me. To God be the glory. Okay. Uh, you know, like I said, I've, <laughs> I, I, I know exactly where you are. So, you know, I've got to try to do the same explanation to my middle daughter and my, um, my oldest daughter. 
and my son, and I got to explain to his wife, you know, I appreciate if you wouldn't wear your bunny ears in this year. So, you know, but, you know, I get it. I understand. So, yes, sir, Ronnie. Did lose your comment again? Yeah, we have to go out. We just can't, thank you, Ronnie. We just have to, you know, like God said, he said, don't do the things that they do. And so, you know, that's what he's telling us. So, y'all, you know, that's where we are. You know, next week, we're going to baptize. We're going to baptize. That's celebrating. That's, that's, that's four people that are going to be in that water, celebrating the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what we're going to be doing. Cody's one of them. He's ready, ain't you? He's got my text, right? Good to go. <laughs> and he's going to be celebrating, and that's going to be celebrating the resurrection of Christ. And then, you know, I'm going to celebrate it tomorrow because, praise God, he rose, and I'm not doomed to a devil's hell. So every day is equally as powerful. Every day, you know. So... A lot to think about, a um, lot to pray about. We will, we'll just, it's almost 12. We're going to just, any other questions though? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, you know, good point. We can easily move it to another day. Well, I mean, you're, you're right. You know, as long as we don't tie it to the day, we can move it to another day. We can do that. Cindy asked me that question. She said, are we having breakfast? I said, yeah, as long as we don't tie it to that day. I mean, just next, next Sunday is another day to worship. Just like the other six that we have. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I got you. I understand. Yeah. You worship with your head down and I worship 
Okay. I don't have an explanation. Just that simple. I'm not going to try to fabricate an answer. don't have one. So I'll pray about it and try to give you one. Okay? Anything else? No, no, stop. No, no, no. Hold on, stop. No, no, she's still talking. Do not interrupt. Go ahead, Brian. Okay, bring it down. I got you. Okay.
gonna. I know where you're at. I've been where you're at for a long time. But if it's bringing people to know my Lord and my Savior, Jesus Christ, then all you can put the devil in here is for evil and good, just the same way God did. That's what the Bible says. That's the word of God that is not being fulfilled right now. Is that what he intended for evil, God intended. And I'm not, no, I'm not, I'm not, no, you don't understand. I'm not trying to argue against what this man is saying. I am fully, 100% in agreement with what he said. Okay, so let's do this. Um, you know, I know what God has laid on my heart, and I know what he's directed me to do, okay? So, as a direction, we still continue on in this path. You're not going to like it. I get that, okay? But I have to listen to the Spirit, okay? I have to listen to the Spirit, and that's the direction he's given. Um, and that's the counsel I have to accept is his counsel. And guess what? Just like Ezekiel, just like everybody else, you know, it takes time. And I get that. Okay? So you all determine um, where you are personally. Um, I, would add, I know the emotions. I'm not going to tell anyone what to do concerning their emotions. You, those are your emotions. You do that. I've, I've got emotions here. I've got emotions here. We've got emotions everywhere. Okay? So that's just normal. We're going to have them. Okay, um, but what we will do is I know what I've prayed about. I know what I've sought after, and I know I've been seeking God and clarity of this concerning this. Been pacing the floor for weeks now. Okay, and I get it. I understand, but I cannot deviate from where God wants me to lead. Okay, so with that said, as I just stated earlier, God directed me. We will not have an Easter sunrise service, okay? We will still have service. I will not be canceling service. Um, I understand. I'm, like I said, I know it stings. But I, I, can't, I, can't afford, I can't afford emotions right now because you're going through it. You see what I'm saying? I can't afford emotions right now because you're going through it. And I know you're going through it. Okay? Jerome, I appreciate your honesty. And I, 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 once again, I knew you weren't going to like it. There wasn't no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I knew it. But I also know what God says. So try not to split hairs. Sorry for the pun. Um, but that's where we are. Some of you will make some, some decisions. I know you will. This will get out to the rest of the church. I know it will. And there will be a lot of decisions made. Whether you're even going to come back anymore, whatever, I understand. You know, even if you want me to come back, those will be things that will come up. I know, it's serious. I know you la don't laugh because it's real. It's true. Because I understand. I've hit you where it really hurts. I know. So there it is. Okay. So let's pray, and y'all, let's go, okay? Any other questions? Yes, sir. We, we're going to pray. Well, okay. Plug something in.
Hey, whatever. What you got? Push play. Find something. Okay. See, some people can't move right now. I know it's hard. Some people can't move. So I guess that's direction. We can do it a cappella. And let's just sing. It's always an easy go-to, so let's sing Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. You're singing to God, not because of this. Many dangers told. Please, if you have your offering, bring it forward. playing Miss Becky Father in heaven may your peace overcome may your spirit heal and Lord God may you allow us to find that road to go forward no matter what it may be Lord God let it all draw us near to you. Take this, Lord. Take this moment. Take it and take our hearts and change our lives. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. And the church said, Amen. Thank you.